Hello and welcome to The Clubhouse. This is Golf Monthly's uh, weekly podcast in which we take a look at the various different events in the world of golf. And this week we're actually going to uh, not worry about what's been going on on tour as we have a special podcast for you. This week we are looking at the rules. My name is Neil Tappin and I have uh, two... How shall I put it? Elder statesman from the magazine joining me. Uh, firstly, Michael Harris. Mike, editor of Golf Monthly, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Neil. Very well. Good. And joining us this week in the studio, live in the studio, you may have heard his voice a few times out on tour uh, interviewing some of the players, uh, is Jeremy Alwood. Jez, hello. Hello, Neil. How are you? Not bad. You're in at the moment working on the new issue of Golf Monthly, the big redesign issue. How's it going? Uh, going very well. Seen lots of very... Uh um, new and refreshed pages, all of which look quite a big improvement on what was before, I think. Well, that's a relief. Good. Well, <laughs> that, that's what you're looking for, isn't it? Isn't that is the idea, yeah. <laughs> that's the general idea. We'd okay. be doing our jobs if that wasn't the case. And um, both Jez and I are, as this is a rules-related podcast, we are both qualified rules officials. Let's just sort of uh, rein that in a touch. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be out on tour telling Monty off for uh, rustling a crunch, if someone cr- rustling a crunchy wrapper, Monty um, moving in for the kill. I wouldn't want to be involved in that scenario no, me as neither. such. Um, but we have both written features for the magazine whereby we had to qualify to become a rules official. Yes. So uh, le- it, I find that line often works with girls. Do you? <laughs> I'm I a qualified well, rules official. 66% probably doesn't impress them that much. I don't know what you... You got more, didn't you? Because I think you did some revision. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to say 66% of girls would be impressed uh, by the fact that you were a qualified rules <laughs> official. I, well, no, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure of... No, I've never really tried that line. Maybe no. lady, 66% of lady members at your club would be impressed by the fact if you said you were a qualified... Anyway, this is, this <laughs> we we're, we're, we're straying into uncharted <laughs> can, waters. Can I, yeah. Before we do move on, can yes. I just say, obviously, if my wife is listening, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, right. Without further ado, let's get going. Um, we have a few... Um, elements to talk about this week so we're going to discuss um, the rules in general first of all then we're going to have a few specific um, uh, elements to speak about Uh, and then we're going to finish up with a quiz because I know Mike's been looking forward to this quiz Um, uh, Mike you're not not like Jez and I obviously a qualified (laughs) rules official but uh, you know you would know the rules of golf fairly well I like to think from um, over 10 years working on the magazine obviously reading the rules pages they are uh, always among the most popular whenever we do a reader survey uh, rules pages normally ranks in the top two or three pages in the magazine so obviously they, they are absolutely crucial golf is a game that um, ha- has a you know a big set of rules some may say that they're you know a little bit too long a little bit too complicated but yeah I, I think uh, you know all serious golfers are um, are interested in the rules of golf because um, you know, the, the, they're the one sort of constant, no matter which golf course you're playing on, the, the rules are pretty much the same on, you know, unless you're on tour and you've got a different set of tour-specific rules. I'm not on tour, by the way. <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah, you know, that, that that's the one constant in the game. doesn't matter what equipment you're playing, whether you're playing in America uh, or, or the UK on a Lynx course or on an inland course, the, you know, the rules are the rules. Well, we shall find out how good your knowledge of those rules are in a bit. Um, But before we move on to that, uh, I want to start by asking you both um, why the rules are as they are. Because the rule book, the golf rule book, is pretty intense. (laughs) It's not, you know, it's not light-hearted bedtime reading. Um, And it is quite loyally. Is there such a word? No. No. Um, It's... 
it has a sort of feeling of of a law book. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Do you know legal. what I mean? Legal. Yes. I think. Uh, well, if if I, it's two hundred thirty-one pages, by the way, I've got the latest one. Here. Two. What? Why, Jez? Is it as it is? Um, well, I think it's been um, said many times over the years. You know, it's a complex book. Why don't we simplify it? And the problem is when you go to try and simplify it, you then find all the what if scenarios that make it the way it is. You know, you can say, let's just hit the ball, find it, hit it again. But what happens if your ball goes in a lake and there is no rule to cover that? And then once it's gone in a lake and you have to have a rule to cover that, where do you drop it? Um, so you can say, simplify it all you like, but I don't know how much it can be. I know there's a current programme ongoing to try and simplify it. I wouldn't expect it to come back as a pamphlet. It's not <laughs> going to be that, uh, that brief, but they may be able to streamline it to some degree. And they ha- and it has to be very narrow because golf is played on a natural landscape for yep. starters. And if you, if it's not narrow, then the wiggle room that people have in which they can be on the threshold of being the wrong side of the spirit of the rules but the right side of the rules themselves, people would walk over that line quite a lot, I presume. I also think there's a pace of play um, element as well that when you have definitive rules you're either dropping in the correct place or you're not dropping in the correct place. You can't just sort of walk around the water has until you find somewhere that you most fancy dropping the ball. Equally, I think, particularly when it comes to something like spike marks and pitch marks on the green, you know, if you allowed people to repair everything, regardless of this notion of it being fair, people could be there for, you know, for, for not hours, but yeah. a long time, making sure they had a perfect path to the hole. I think, as Jess said, you know, the, the underlying principle is, um, p- you know, play the ball as you find it, um, you know, and that. But then, what if when you find it, you can't play it? Yeah, exactly. For for whatever reason. Can I just come back in yeah, on something course. Mike said there? Um, you're talking about nearest point of relief, indirectly maybe, but. Um, there are a lot of golfers that interpret nearest point of relief to be nicest point of relief. <laughs> they think that I'm getting relief. That must mean I, I get a the most favourable lie on the golf course. But the laws are a little the laws the rules are a little more specific than that. And just mm. because you're taking a drop doesn't actually mean you're going to be in the clear and free to go yeah. necessarily. And it's probably what makes them so contentious. The rules of golf is now. I mean, I think we've all been members of golf clubs for for a while, and the amount of there were little niggles that happen yeah. at golf clubs where one bloke doesn't isn't talking to another guy because mm. he did this and they thought that was unfair mm. and it, you know it happens at golf clubs all over the world. It does. I I played with a guy uh, last year sometime by the fifth green at the club I play at. There's a path and then a bush beyond it. He wanted to take a drop from the path and the only place he could have dropped was going into the bush. Now he'd obviously played many times and people had given him a drop a more favourable drop. So you're left in that dilemma, do I look like a bit of a rules nerd here and enforce it or do I just turn a blind eye, which I'm sure we've all experienced. What did you go for? I went for the rules nerd (laughs) approach, actually. For once in my life, I said, actually, I don't think you can do that. You can either play it off the path or you'd have to to go back to where you last played it from unless you want to go and... uh, hide yourself in a bush to try and play the shot well uh, for those listening please do let us know what you think about this sort of thing we'll come on to uh, the point about sportsmanship and wiggle room within the rules a bit later but if you have any comments related to any of this stuff please do let us know because uh, it is a hot topic it's something that we hear an awful lot about in the magazine from from readers um, get in touch with us, with us via the social media channels now Mike if you were to um, somebody uh, sort of starting the game what's the most important rule that they get their head around do you think oh, that's a good question um, 
Okay. So I need to play some music in the background yeah. during this part. <laughs> uh, shall I butt in? Yeah, go on. Yeah, please tell I me. think I would I would say it's it's no as a new golfer you're going to hit it into some strange spots. Uh, the, the probably the most important thing is to know what to do when you've hit it into a ditch, into a water hazard, where you drop, how many shots it costs you, that kind of thing. I would think. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. Or, or sorry, I would say, what do you do when you lose your golf ball? Okay. So. You know, because as Jess said, you may you know hit it in a ditch. You actually, you may be able to see, you may be able to play it from there. What do you do if you lose your golf ball? Yeah, yeah. Which well, I could help anyone with that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rule I invoke quite You've regularly. Lost a few over the years, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jess, okay. What's the most misunderstood rule? Because as you said, the nearest point of release. Not take that one out of the equation. I guess that's probably the the one you'd lean towards. But what do you think people think they know? And actually, uh, they don't know. There's a lot of these myths, aren't there? I'm trying to think of one now off the top of my head about, I think... Uh, Sprinkler heads? Um, maybe, maybe. I'm thinking maybe a lot of people seem to think you can't putt with the flag in your other hand, which I think yeah. may have been a rule at some stage, but now... It can't have the, you know, can't have the flag attended. You can have the flag attended from anywhere. That, that would you? be it, actually. Yeah. Probably, that's it. Good, good work there, editor. Um, people thinking you can't have the flag attended unless, unless you're on you're the putting, green. Yeah. Also, yeah. that is I think next time we play jazz, I'm going to I'm going to stand on the tee and ask you to go <laughs> up to the green in front. <laughs> it would need to be about 210 yards, you know, <laughs> very very short par four or a long par three, and ask you to attend the flag. Yeah, well, I think we were. I was watching it the other day again. Actually, Mickelson had his caddy tend the flag, didn't he, when he needed to hole a, I don't know what it was a 90 yard wedge shot on the last in some tournament, which is quite. Quite, uh, it's quite punchy. Quite isn't punchy. It? That quite showy. Could you tend it? <laughs> he pitched it fairly close, but it, it was never quite going in. No, you're quite right because the, the amount of times you'll say to someone, you'll hold the flag and say, "Would you like it tended?" Mm. and the person's response will be, oh, "It's okay. I'm off the green." I'm off the green, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which you wouldn't say unless you thought that you yeah. couldn't have it attended if you were off the green. Um, so, gents, is there a, is there an instance where you would be happy or not happy? but you wouldn't do anything about it if somebody broke the rules. I'm not talking about cheating here, because I think we all would say that if we ever found somebody, saw someone cheating, yeah. that we would call them on it. But what I'm talking about is breaking the rules. If, if you saw somebody breaking the rules, is there an instance where you might just let it slide? Um, my, is the only thing, because it's, you know, somebody is trying to trying to hit the golf ball, is when you are... Um, I guess somebody is, you know, sort of backing into a bush um, and you're looking at what you can and can't move. Um, you know, the thing of taking a stance is a difficult... You know, they're actually genuinely trying to play the ball as it lies. Um, you know, sort of whether it's necessarily building a stance in a bunker or, you know, trying to take a stance when you've got a, you know, sort of gorse, gorse bush up your backside. Um <laughs> That I think those rules have got you know somebody's actually trying to take a you know is trying to play the ball as it lies. Would I necessarily um, think that that was something to you know? It's I think you're into quite detailed. Certainly, with the building a stance in the bunker, you're into quite a detailed. Where you would probably yeah. need the help of a TV replay to figure out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, certainly, there's been instances on tour where players have taken practice swings while they've been mm. um, sort of quite close to a tree or a bush, yeah. taken out a branch, and actually yeah. that's. Is that breaking the rules, Jez? Uh, I think that depends whether it's uh, is improving your line of play mm. or, or intended Which, sweet Which, I guess, you'd probably need some sort of video replay yeah. to see whether yeah, that Yeah, I was. think, was it Mike McLean many years ago in the Dutch Open got penalised for moving a, 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 
tree root thing in the ground that was still growing. He thought it was um, not attached, moved it, and then he, I think he'd won or tied for the title, and then someone had to break the news to him that in fact he was penalised on one of the late holes, and uh, Bernard Langer won. Um, knowledge. And he never won after that, I don't think. That was kind of... <laughs> Critical point. Hope, one of, the question, hope one of the questions is who won the Dutch Open when Mike McLean was <laughs> yeah. at a penalty? I doubt that. I'm sure be. some eagle-eyed, he never uh, won again. That's eagle-eyed, eagle-eared listener yeah. will come in and fill in the fine details. Yeah, yeah. But that's one I remember. Um, uh, what was the original question I asked? Can't remember. Mike? The would you ever wait? Well, not would yes. you ever turn a blind <laughs> that, eye to yeah. Jezza? Would you ever turn a blind um, eye? Uh, to this is interesting because it's a topic that gets talked about a lot on the Golf Monthly website forum, and people are very much in the if they've done something wrong, that's it. You must tell them, and others are a little bit more, I wouldn't say laid back, but a little bit more for the overall good of the game. You know, if someone's on their way to shooting 120 and you step in on the 16th and say, I'm going to have to add another two shots to your score there because I saw you do such and such. You do well not to get punched in there. I think you're, you're not going to have a drink afterwards in the bar, are you? Yeah. I think it's the way you tell people sometimes or when you tell people. You know, if someone's having a bad score and they're not going to feature on the leaderboard, do you really need to make their day any worse? Or can you just go up to them and say later on, by the way, when you did whatever it was on the yeah. 16th, yeah. You need to check out rule. I'm not sure. It's a difficult one, and I'm sure whichever side I come down on, I'll get... Because uh, mm. that's the thing, you know, we play the game as amateur golfers for the for the fun, um, for the love of the game. We're not, you know, we're not making any financial gain. I think when, obviously, when things are at an at a elite level, particularly on tour, then absolutely the, um, you know, the, 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 the rule book must be... Uh, must be obeyed, um, pretty much. But as you know, as just said, if somebody is having an absolute um, disaster, what are you by there and then calling them on a you know a a minor infringement? What are you actually? You know, is that you know? Are you going to increase that person's enjoyment of the uh, of the game of probably the you know the remaining holes you play because that will undoubtedly be you know create an an atmosphere of some sort as Jez said is it not better to you know bar after chat about you know uh, you know on the 16th I noticed you were doing that actually that broke whatever the rule was yeah, yeah, yeah you exactly. should in future here's how to what about in a in a, in a medal oh, okay, I'm gonna put, yeah. put a scenario um, you're playing with me yeah and I've just hit one of the trees and I'm not best pleased all right try to imagine that if you can I, I can imagine Can't, that no, you're no. finding that's hard Very difficult. Uh, so I, I'm having a slight moment of red mist I pull a ball out the bag and I hit it without saying that it's a provisional yet we all know there's half a chance the first one might be okay um I would <laughs> call you up on that but I would probably prevent yeah. having to do that because yeah. whenever I'm playing with anyone and they look as though they're about to hit a ball that is clearly intended to be provisional they don't say anything I will say to them is that a provisional that's then? a very good answer and um, also I know you've done that because I've, I've played with you when you've done that um, to me to, well, <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah to, you know to somebody who you know their thought process their thought process is this is a provisional yeah but they haven't actually you know, identified it as that they are about to play a provisional ball, which of course the rules of golf say you need to do. I did once play with a guy in an event called the Churchill Bowl at the Neville in uh, Tunbridge Wells, where you now live, Tappers. Indeed. And he hit two balls on one hole, hit them exactly the same, didn't say provisional. I asked him how they were marked, and they were both marked exactly the same. And we found them within a sort of two yard 
radius. Ah, now, what do you do there? That is tricky. What do you do there? <laughs> well, uh, what do you do? <laughs> what do you, well, I think, um, I have a feeling he wasn't going very well, so I can't remember. This is going back, so 20, going back 20 years before I was a qualified rules official. <laughs> you marched him <laughs> off the golf course. I, I think technically, because you can't prove which ball, which ball is, is which, you would have, have to, to go back and ball. play five off the tee. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. It's going to hurt, isn't it? But Again, you, you, you try telling that to someone. Tiptoe carefully around that subject. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, gents, if you, um, uh, Jez, let's say you were suddenly given the role of chairman of the RNA, mm. and as chairman of the RNA, you CEO. Could, uh, no, sorry, I think, of, uh, what about of the rules Of the, the rules, rules committee. committee. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. And uh, you had the ability to change a rule. Yes. Um, which rule would you change? Uh, I would change the one about 15 clubs in the bag where someone has discovered to have their kids putter down the bottom of their bag because does that sound like a, that <laughs> it sounds does like it a has scenario. happened this happened, happened to, to um, Philip Parkin on tour oh my God, this is some immense. years ago I'm, I'm going to be destroyed now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is just general sad knowledge that is retained in the brain but yeah um, yeah had his kids putter down the bottom of the bag found after the round obviously signed for a wrong score as a result of that because he should have been penalised and therefore DQ'd. That's a bit harsh when you've the thing in your bag is a two foot long putter that yeah. you break your back trying to use and clearly had you no clearly got no intention of, of using, using it. But I guess it's a kind of catch all thing, isn't it? If you had mm. two drivers in there like Woozy unfortunately had at Lytham you, you have to deal with that. You have to yeah, have a rule you've got to have a rule that, that covers that. Do you then have to subdivide that rule say unless the club is less than two feet long or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, or has a, a plastic shaft. Yeah, plastic <laughs> shaft. A, yeah. Well, yes, but that that would be one I would think could be. But then you, uh, that's a really good point because if you start doing stuff like that, the rules book would just be yeah, endless. absolutely. Well, this is <laughs> yeah. why it's got you know all the sub clauses and yep. all the various because of all these what ifs. What if the club is only two feet long? Yeah. Is it better maybe just have a role, rule that says that's that you know what it is and yeah, and that, you've been found with an extra club and. It, in a nutshell, that's why the rules of golf are, are the length that it is. And as Jez said, when you know the, the the rules committee goes through the process of looking to simplify it, um, don't expect it to suddenly go from two hundred thirty-one pages to a hundred. No, indeed, you know. indeed. And Mike, would you check what, what rule would you? Change? So I, I would change um, stroke and distance penalty for hitting it out of bounds. I think it's enough of a penalty that you've hit it out of bounds that you would be. Um, penalised a stroke but you would you know drop in again under the same sort of um, set of circumstances is you take a take a drop from hitting it in a in a hazard you know a lost ball is a, in my view a lost ball is a lost ball um, to you know I think it is um, what's the difference between losing it five yards uh, to the side of so an out of bounds and line that it's gone out of bounds and kind of drop back on that line yeah or, or where the point it last crossed the out the of bounds course, margin, yeah. um, to, you know, and I'm a member at Royal Liverpool, so we have the um, the fir- uh, for 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 members play the first hole and the sixteenth hole, obviously that go around the practice ground, which in the Open Championship the third hole uh, and the eighteenth. That you know you are quite likely to hit a ball out of bounds, whether it's from your tee shot or from your second shot. Um, it's pretty disheartening to have to then drop one in the same place, face the same shot. Um, um, we we have a, a friend who putted out of bounds, I we, believe, at Royal Liverpool. Yes, <laughs> yes, it, which is um, if that flag gets very tight on the first hole to to the out of bounds. It is possible to 
Um, he wasn't a particularly, you know, wasn't great known for particularly well for his sort of putting touch. Went off in his hand a bit. I think that the uh, the, the, the little cop uh, bank next to the first was um, was shaved um, quite low. It didn't have the sort of shaggy grass on it. It does on some points, and it up and over. That's quite a, still a pretty severe overhead, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, I can, it is yeah. only two paces, isn't it, yeah. from the edge of the green? Yeah, it can be. There, but Windy can conditions. Be. Yeah. Um, what's been your worst rules breach that you can remember? Um, one that you um, really suffered from the penalty that in, that um, that followed. Personally, yeah. The one uh, that you look back on and think, "Oh, I wish I really wish I'd have could have my time over again." Uh, well, I once went on a press trip in which I was given a couple of wedges uh, and I came back and had a medal the next day and I'd put them in my golf bag. So I obviously had 16 clubs in my golf bag, um, play, went to play in the medal, reminded myself all the way, take those two clubs out, take those two clubs out, ended up in a bit of a hurry, didn't take them out, hit my first tee shot, walked back to my bag and there they were <laughs> sitting there. So sitting I remember there. actually... Um, Chucking them in a bush beside the tee <laughs> to then retrieve it, not just to throw away, to retrieve after the oh, round. But, but realizing that whatever I made on the first was now not going to be the score that I achieved. And um, the problem with those sort of errors is you never quite get them out of your head, just as as Woozy didn't on a rather more um, grand scale at, at Lytham in two thousand and one. No, I think the point there is that when it comes to um, competitive golf, whether you're playing in the Open or you're playing in your own club medal. You yeah. know, we're all trying as hard as we possibly can. Yeah. And yeah, the pressure's a lot more on Woozy, but something like that is going to wind you right up. Yeah, once you know that if you make four in the first, it's going to go down as a six, you're kind of you're behind the game from the outset, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> Mike? Uh, I have failed to sign a competition scorecard in which I'd played okay. I would have had a handicap cut, um, but it was more the fact that I then was under my club rules uh, at my local club um, in Hampshire, I was then banned from playing in the next two competitions <laughs> if you don't sign a scorecard. Really? Yeah. Right. Is so, that generally because most people don't sign them in a fit of pique? Yeah, I think so. Right. Rather than, I think I was probably too excited to go and buy a beer because I'd actually, <laughs> you know, sort of played well enough to get, you know, sort of um, below my handicap and I just um, didn't sign it, put it in the box. I put it in on the computer. Um, so I think I was DQ'd. For that, oh so oh, you would be indeed, yeah. yeah. And uh, a little sub clause of the rules would be etiquette. Mm-hmm. Um, what for anyone listening to this who might not play in a lot of club competitions or you know competitions in general, but is looking to start to get into it? What would you say is the big etiquette no-no to, to avoid? What's the one thing that's really going to upset playing partners and people that you're playing with that people should really be wary of? Uh, for me, it would be people talking loudly when they're within close proximity of people trying to play their shot, whether that's somewhere where a footpath goes around the back of a certain tee and people are trying to play on another hole or what. It's just, it, it all just comes down to being aware of other people and, uh, you know, giving them the respect you'd like to receive when you were standing there trying to hit a shot. Mm, that's good. Fair enough. Yeah. Yep. Mike? I, I think it's not paying attention to either where your playing partners have hit the ball Um or how many strokes they've taken. I find there's nothing worse than, you know, what did you get there? Well, it was a seven, actually. Like, yeah, someone says, good par, and you say, no, yeah. it wasn't, it was a I seven. I think even if you've not, you know, I'm not expecting people to take those clickers out and be, you know. That would be sad. But, but <laughs> if you know somebody's racked up quite a big number, you probably want to say, 
was that a six or a seven that you you know you might well know that was it was more likely to be in a seven yeah but to have to ask somebody when they're just you know just uh hocking it around the hole for you know a treble bogey say oh, what, what did you have there you know you've just had a you know a par or birdie it's sort of it's being ignorant of you know if you're playing partner so definitely watching where people have hit the ball because um you know you should be interested in your playing partner's game it speeds you know there's no fun hunting for balls so if, if two sets of eyes or three sets of eyes are looking where a ball's been hit um then you're more likely to find it and i just think it's a it's uh it's an awareness of you know what your playing partners are doing you don't just play the game in isolation my one would be shadows, shadows. i have a thing about, okay. especially on the tee if you're standing there ready to tee off and you're about to pull the trigger and then someone's shadow who is that's just mm. in the corner of your eye someone then scratches their head um that puts me off quite badly, actually. It can be quite funny as well. <laughs> in a golf monthly game, of course, you know, making a birdie and someone else hooking it around the hole for yeah. an eight, it's fair, it, fair game. It's to... encouraged to ask them what that was. <laughs> exactly, yes. There are different but, standards but it, of etiquette. It, it is, it's definitely, I mean, I think etiquette, obviously pace of play, you know, beyond anything is, you know, do play, you know, don't play without undue delay. Um, but it, it's being aware, I think that's the great thing about golf. It does, should make you aware of, you know, other people, which, you know, Mm. Um, no, is is the whole thing? Yeah, isn't it? most it's, definitely. It's the whole thing. And um, we're going to talk about slow play, but before we do, I wanted to ask you both whether cheating was a problem, because ultimately the rules of golf are there to stop people cheating. It feels at times as if they're there to stop you having a good time, <laughs> <laughs> but I think they're really there to stop people from um, having enough wiggle room to effectively cheat themselves into a better position. Do you think cheating is is a problem in golf, or is golf? as a lot of people bill it to be, this sport played between gentlemen where uh, it's very self-policing and it, and, it, and it is one of these sports where in order to play it and to play it to a decent level, you have to be very honourable. Or is there an issue cheating? Uh, Jezza, say what you think. Don't worry. Say what you well, think. Well, I, I, I mean, there's plenty of dishonourable gentlemen out there playing golf, would be my... Uh, and But the, at the end of the day, you know, you're in a field of 100 people. What goes on in match... 12 miles but you're not going to know what happens anyway are you i, I think so. that's a, I, I would agree i think that there is an element of cheating probably at every level of the game um from grassroots right up to um taught that you know there are things that go on where people deliberately break the rules of golf how much effect that has or how much impact that has as jess said on the result of your month you know because you can't cheat on every shot on every on all 18 holes um so, yep, I think there is an element of cheating, mm. but I, I, I would agree. I don't think it plays um, a significant element in the determination or the enjoyment of the wider game. You can't let it, really, because if you think everyone's out cheating every time you go out, there's not a lot of point. No. You've, and there may well be people, but often they might just be you know, face-saving, cheating, You know, trying to get themselves under 100 rather than yeah. actually features. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it goes on because people are people aren't they at the end of the day mm. the one that I think I, I would see probably more than any other is what Mike mentioned earlier mm. about uh, effectively building a stance but you were talking about is in someone's shuffled into a bush and then mm. taken a, a leaf off a tree I'm talking about you found someone's ball in the rough and the lie's terrible you walk away from the ball and then you look back and suddenly that lie has and not, I'm not saying they've moved the ball they've po- possibly just trampled around the ball a little yeah, bit yeah again I think that, that, that that's an element that People think if they don't actually touch their golf ball, 
they're not doing anything wrong. You know, it's not like they're sort of putting on a great big tuft of grass. Actually, you know, I've seen it happen number of times people treading down behind Behind which is improving your life yeah and that that improving your life you might people might think well that's well i'm not sure 100 percent sure on the ruling here or uh, i see so many people do it i'm going to do it yeah um yeah that's the one that sort of slightly winds winds me up really yeah (laughs) you walk away thinking he's got to wedge that out and you turn around so he's got three wood in his hands yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um and uh, i wanted to ask you about both about slow play now we wrote a big Mm. piece in the magazine uh, last 2015, sort of halfway through last year, or Jez wrote it, Jez yeah. wrote it <laughs> about how to speed golf up. You know, yeah. it is the big problem. You know, <laughs> cheating in golf yeah. not a problem in the grand scheme yeah. of things. Um, slow play really is. Um, Jez, from the findings that you had from writing that piece, what would you say that the kind of the keys to that? The keys, I think, are. I think one of the big keys is people not ambling between shots. I really do. The more I watch people on the golf, and no one's saying golf should be, you know, played at the same pace as a hundred meter sprint or anything like that. But ambling between shots and and being ready, that being combined ready. with being ready to play when it's your turn, I think are two of the um, two of the big keys. I also happen to think that a lot of a lot of the new technology hasn't particularly help play at club level oh that's interesting personally I, I, but i know mike probably i'm actually be. a big fan of the laser range finders because i actually think they speed things up because I, I think what you you have when you use a laser range finder or a gps is you take away a lot of that ambiguity where someone's standing there going oh should i hit a six or oh, no oh, i hit a seven. Oh, actually maybe i should hit a six all oh, the wind's got up i'll maybe hit and that back and forth doesn't happen when you have a an exact number Maybe, but I think it's when they start doing, isn't it? You know, if they wait till it's their turn to then go yeah. and reach the right. And also, you know, you see people, and this really annoys me, I have to say, <laughs> you've got a 55-yard pitch and they're out with the range find. I mean, that's a field shot. Just look at what's before you and play the shot. You don't need to know, unless you happen to be a, you know, someone who's got a 55-yard precise Dave shot Peltz. engineered into your locker. <laughs> but that, that, uh, that does bug me, seeing people who aren't very good uh, lasering it from 55 yards. Sorry, folks, if that's you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think the um, Jez's in, interesting point about technology. Um, I do think rangefinders, whether it's a laser or a distance measuring device, if used properly, speeds up play. But I quite agree that if they're not used correctly, if you wait until somebody's played their shot and then it's your turn, then you get your laser out or then you get your um, distance measuring device out, then, yeah, that does indeed create slow play uh, as a trolley user myself uh, i am very like to think i'm very aware of where i leave my trolley in terms of exiting the green there is nothing more frustrating and that's what you know, whether you're a bag user or a trolley user but obviously with trolleys you know try and keep them away from the green people leaving their trolley in the dark position if they got to go all the way back to uh, also filling in scorecards on the tee mm. oh, you know you can do that at any point and also surely you can remember what you've done over the last two holes you don't have to fill them in on the tee or on certainly not on the green um yeah. as I, you know after you've played a played a hole i i think for me the the problem with slow play is that i think the majority of golfers are very considerate and are not slow golfers i can't think of too many people that i would uh, encounter friends that play golf that i play golf with who would, who i would brand as slow the problem i think is that in a field of golfers it only takes one person to be slow who's at the start of the field to slow the whole field down you know they're the person that every shot's taking you know an extra Mm. 30 seconds they're the person that has left the bag on the wrong side of the green etc so question is 
that person, let's say the club is willing to identify it and it doesn't happen all the time, it doesn't happen enough, where clubs are willing to identify the slow golfers, what do you think clubs should do about those slow golfers, given that we are in difficult financial times, um, golf clubs are struggling for memberships? How do they they deal with that balance between treating, you know, dealing with the person who's slow and not you know, forcing them to leave the golf club and causing a bit of an uprising? Mm. That's a difficult one because we, we've, we've tried to approach that in the past and we actually had an interview all set to run with the secretary of one club once. Uh, where they had addressed the issue head on and at the last minute he got uh, instructions from his chairman to um, have it pulled from the magazine so we, we mm. couldn't run because they're so you know people say be strong just just out the offenders and you know but you know clubs can't afford for him and five of his mates to up sticks and go to the club no, but is the, is the greater good worth it Possibly, I, oh. but I, you know, that would take some convincing to say if you get rid of those five, you'll get another ten members in that are now happy to come and play here because it's not slow. I don't know whether. No, but you might not. You might lose. You might not lose other people from the club who effectively Possibly. they decide they can't play on a Saturday morning because it's taking too long to get around, and then six months later they realise they've only played four times and the membership's not worth it. Possibly, I think clubs, um, with the help of, you know, PGA professionals, could be more proactive in terms of. Um, educating members um, on what causes slow play, how you can improve pace of play. I still do think that, you know, you might put the posters up, you might put the uh, rules of golf books out for people to to take. But actually, how many, you know, I think clubs with good pace of play are more proactive about it. So, it, you know, it, it, the, the club... Um, it becomes a culture in the it club. It becomes a yeah. culture in the club. Um, that you know you are responsible as an individual for the pace of players you say not only within your two ball three ball four ball whatever but also then relative to what's happening with the rest of um, the field at any given point but as you say it only takes one person to you know be slow and, and to then hold that say four ball back that four ball then you know creates an issue that everybody behind them then has to you know to to deal with and the knock on effect is that people think well it's slow today I'm going to take my time because yeah. there's no point in playing yeah. right up behind the group in front yeah. so the whole thing grinds Just, to a halt yeah it all slows keeps on slowing so I think clubs um, you know should be more proactive about it but you know put on rules um, quizzes um, you know it's things like that you know make the rules of golf make pace of play. Make it a big thing at your club. You yeah, know, be, be more practical. You yeah. know, have that culture of knowledge of rules and understanding a pace of play. Yeah, I mean, I have when I, when I play. I haven't played that many medals recently. When I used to play, I played early, and I'm not a slow player. But occasionally, you might hit a few balls into trouble, and you're searching. Yeah, I'm not afraid to say to the other guys in the group, "Come on, we're out of position here. The other group's on the yeah. on the fifth, and we're only on the, the you know third green." Yeah. Um. So I think more people not afraid to say come on we've got to get a move on here because we're holding everyone up and that you know that's one thing i'll be more than happy to do mm. anytime i'm but i think it comes back to what mike was saying about the culture of the club and if there is a culture of that then it comes becomes sort of self-policing mm. a bit like the rules are whereas at the moment a lot of clubs it's not really self-policing because people don't do that no yeah I th- well I, th- I think the problem is in a medal with 100 people playing if the second group out is slow you know even if they wave a group through that just adds more of a backlog further down the line because only one, two, three groups are going to get through and every time someone goes through on a busy golf course 
it just gets even slower delay. right at the back of the field. But, but again, I mean, I think, um, you know, I know it's, uh, at some clubs, that if you are a quicker player, you are encouraged to play earlier in the day in a competition. And again, it's sort of to say, do you know what? You know, if you're not somebody who plays particularly quickly or... Um, you know, then perhaps play later in the day. But those people who don't play particularly quickly don't care. That's the problem. They don't care if they're holding everybody up. So you say to them, well, you can only play in the afternoon, they're going to get the hump, and then, (laughs) as Jezza says, they're likely to leave the golf club. Maybe (laughs) maybe the club will be better off without people like that. At least they're only (laughs) holding up green fee payers rather than members. (laughs) (laughs) It's a joke, folks. I didn't mean that. (laughs) Right, let's move on. Um, Okay, quiz time. Oh, uh, Jezza, you, I see you've got the rules of golf. Yeah, book I'm in, just putting in, that away there, on my, there on my phone. Sorry about that. Um, right, let's move a few things out of the way so that people, you know, what you see is what you get, folks. Uh, <laughs> okay, right. What the the format for the quiz is? You've both got five questions, so it's a head to head. I tried to make them similarly there. difficult or what? similarly easy, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, Jezza, just yeah. first and foremost, to test your knowledge of that book, yes. that rules of golf book, without looking into it. Yeah. Which rule deals with the teeing ground? Oh, this is this is the this one. is what you learn at the rules of golf. Yeah, but I I, I learned that by playing a tape to myself in my head overnight <laughs> for the morning of the quiz. Um, you start getting Hypnosis. into the realms of rule numbers, then I, I'd really struggle. But of course, any good referee would have the rule book at his hand. Uh, Let's say you um, dropped yours. Okay, you're, you're halfway through, and you dropped um, it. I don't know. Rule eight. Rule eleven. Oh. Sorry, Jez. Shouldn't have started on such a tricky one, maybe. I was going to say, rule numbers, really, I mean, that, that, that's... that's uh, that would, even if you have to rewrite your quiz, Tappers. Ex- that would expedite the process of finding the rule. Fair enough. Just, just so I, I, I'm suitably... There's something called an index at the front of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Okay, right, they become a little bit more... Uh, and this also, again, I often say this, this requires me to be able to read my own handwriting. So bear with me if... Uh, bear with. <laughs> bear with. Okay, so Mike, um, you've hit one of your trademark drives straight down the middle of the fairway. Uh, we won't say how far it's gone, but it's down the middle of the fairway. Um, you're then um, preparing for your next shot. And in doing so, in making a practice swing, you accidentally make contact with the golf ball. Yep. What happens? I'd need to replace it in its original position and I would be um, penalty of one stroke. Correct and correct. Well well, I, knew, I knew that one. <laughs> well, I think, again, it's all about appropriate knowledge, really. Well, yeah. As a qualified rules official, yeah. 66% of the lady of members at your club find <laughs> additionally attractive to yeah. the likes of me, you know, rules dunces. You should have, you know. Of course, simple maths means if I got 66% right, I got 34% wrong. So that's true. My, that's my excuse. <laughs> Carry okay. on. Okay. Um, Jezza. Yeah. You're on the green. Yes. And you're facing a tricky downhiller. And um, Mike's placed the flag behind the hole in possibly a slightly foolhardy position. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the putt's gone off in your hands a little yeah. bit and it's hit the flag. What's the ruling? Uh, well, I think we've just run this in the mag either this month or the last month. It's It's a penalty. I would say it was a two-shot penalty and play the ball as it lies. Correct and correct. Two-shot penalty, play it as it lies. Simple. He's right back in it. Or in match play? In match play, it is loss of hole. Correct. Correct. Um, sorry, that's the, the rules book that you can hear in front of me. No one's cheating. That's my, my, my copy. Um, right, Mike, uh, you're facing a delicate chip. You're on the 18th, uh, edge of the 18th green. Um it's a very tight lie. 
and you need to get up and down to make the buffer zone. The pressure of the situation gets a little bit too much and you double hit the chip. Okay, you do a TC Chen as is known in the golf <laughs> month of the office. Um, if you don't know who TC Chen is, um, that now's the time to head to YouTube. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> um, okay, so you've hit it twice. Yeah. What's the ruling? Um, you're you then play the ball from where it's finished, but obviously having added on the second shot. So if you were on the edge of the green playing your third, you would then be putting playing your sixth shot that's correct although i don't think you got there in the right way <laughs> so you count the original shot yeah as one and then yep. you add one penalty shot okay so you don't count both shots okay so the second hit right is not a bona fide golf shot that's a penalty okay so would you be putting for a six or a five then you, if you're playing your three, third, four, four or five, you'd be putting for a six. Yeah. No, that's only two third. shots, isn't it? You're playing your third. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, you would sorry, be playing, yeah. putting for a five. Yeah. Sorry, so wrong and wrong, so I'm afraid. Mike. Sorry <laughs> about that. Oh, no, well, sorry, that was a... <laughs> proving that he's keen on the rules. <coughs> Excuse me. I knew what I meant, and I meant five. Just my adi- <laughs> getting from three to... Um, let you down a bit there. Um Hmm. Uh, Jez, you've hit your ball into a particularly deep bunker. Yes. Um, in trying to descend the lip of the bunker, you uh, <laughs> have a slight moment and you stumble. Yeah. The only way to regain your balance is to put your hand, or the golf club, which is in your hand, down to steady your fall. But the club goes straight into the sand in the bunker. Um, what's the ruling? Uh, well, there's a very, very fine picture of golf monthly's Fergus <laughs> Bissett. Performing this very manoeuvre somewhere up at Glen Eagles, yeah. isn't it? Um, you are not penalised, um, I guess, unless you move your ball in the process. But um, I don't even think you're penalised if you because you're not in the act of making a stroke, no, are you? You would have moved your ball in play. Oh, see, now this always happens. Have I overcomplicated? People it? ask questions back right, at the quiz sorry, master. Let's say the quiz master is unable to answer. You're not penalised. I think this, this this happened to Justin Rose, didn't it, in a water hazard once. There was some debate as to whether he'd put the club down to steady himself or had absentmindedly forgotten he was in a hazard, because the same thing applies in a... Mm. The only exception is that you're not using that club to gain a feel for the texture or the, the depth of the yeah, sand. I think so if you're just about to plummet face first into the bunker, <laughs> you're probably more concerned with protecting your... But your I would like to know what happens if you touch your ball. I think... You're pe- I think you'd be penalised just as you would anywhere else on the golf course if you accidentally move your ball in play. Do you replace it? it even if it's not in the act mm. of making a stroke? Yeah. Gosh. Well, there you go. Tough. Phone in if you think otherwise. Um, <laughs> if there was a phone. <laughs> Jez. Yes. Uh, sorry, Mike. Yeah. Was I awarded that one? You are. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You're in a match play scenario yes. against Jez. Um, sorry, uh, two seconds. Yes, your match play scenario against Jez. Uh, he's on the tee. Uh, he's one up. He's actually he's three up with three to play. <laughs> he's three up with three to play. So you're up against it. Um, he hits his drive, and then you realise he's actually teed up from outside the teeing ground. So he's he's actually pegged up in the wrong position. Um, what are your options? Um, I can either make him play the ball again. Or I can claim the hole. Mm, that was a. Ch- 
<laughs> Why would you make him play it again if you could claim that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. Sorry. Um, or he would have a uh, one-stroke penalty. Unless you were looking to lose. Unless the 16th hole was close to the clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> didn't think so i tell i tell you why i got confused there because fun enough a mutual friend of ours at uh, neil playing in a foursomes competition at his home club last weekend um they were three up so they were dormy um uh with three holes to play and they had actually him and his partner had lost the previous hole um that t- you know that made it dormant. He wasn't really conscious. He thought that they'd sort of, um, they'd won. So he hit his tee shot first at the 16th hole. Um, the oppo um, hit their tee shot, hit a terrible one off left into the trees. And at that point, the, the playing partner of the oppo said, oh, you teed out out of turn. Rather than making him replay in the correct order, they claimed the hole. That's a slightly different scenario. Yeah, which is a different scenario. So I was getting my scenarios confused. Yeah. And that obviously then comes in for the... Because he was, you know, in in the end, he did what they, they won. So he's yeah. progressed to the next round. However, he was, and particularly his, you know, his playing partner was, um, were pretty miffed. They didn't really think it was in the spirit of the game, really. It's that grey area, isn't oh. it, that we all... You'd have to check that one in the rules, actually. I'm not sure what the scenario is. Oh, there. I thought they did check it. Oh, maybe they did. Oh, carry on. I might just check it subversively here. Well, they they, they claimed the hole because teed off out of turn. Okay, carry on with uh, the next question. So, so I get half a point for that. You, you get, I'll give you half, I'll give you half a point. Um, so yeah, your two options, just to yeah. recap, are that you can either make them play it again, yeah. or they can play it from the bush that, or the bunker they've just hit it into. So yeah, yeah, they can either play it from where it finished. Yeah. Um, okay, Jezza, you're up next. So okay, um, I'll, I'll keep flicking through the rule book here. Um, you're in a match against Mike. On the fourth tee, you're two up. Mm. Then Mike realises suddenly he has an extra golf club in the bag. Um, what happens? So you're fo- you're two up on the fourth tee. What's the state of yeah. the, the what what happens and what becomes the state of the game? On the f- fourth tee, yeah, I think I would become four up I think he'd get penalised one hole for each hole at which a breach had occurred up to a maximum of two breaches per round correct and that is the same if you find out on the 18th yeah so it's only two shots it's not but which time the match would be over but which time you might have used the 15th club to great effect throughout the entire round you could have done yeah Yeah. is that fair but obviously at the cost of two holes or four shots yeah is that fair Yes. Uh, I um, well, it's a f- yeah, I would have yeah. thought so. But obviously Just in stroke play, yes. You know, had the additional club not been discovered until the 18th hole, you would be is there a maximum number it of is strokes? A maximum, yeah. Let me have a look. Hang on. Two two two, two strokes hole. or two holes. Uh, stroke plays two strokes per hole. Per hole up to a maximum Max of two. four strokes per okay. round, I believe. I can tell you the answer to that. I think I'm feeling left out because no. I don't have my rules book. No, yeah. I can't tell the answer to that. Let's move on. <laughs> Going back to the other one, you, your partners were wrong. If you play out of turn, there is no penalty in match play, but they can be requested to play the stroke again. Oh right, the so you couldn't order. claim the hole. Nope. 
Well, a moral victory for one my friend. One of these classic. And his uh, I'm pre- I was pretty sure that was the case, but I didn't want to say anything until I checked rule oh. ten. He's on one. golf tour in Spain. He'll oh, I was going to say we should get him live on the phone. C. If a player plays when his opponent should have played, there is no penalty, but the opponent may immediately require the player to cancel the stroke and, in correct order, play a ball as nearly as possible at the spot from where the original ball was last played. So some terrible, terrible uh, moral dilemma. Now. Yeah. Well, say so thankfully they went on to win the match. So. Splendid. There, there you anyway, go. In that, you know. Sorry to interrupt your quiz. No, no, not at all. Okay, Mike. So you're playing uh, foursomes with Jez. Okay. Uh, Jez has just snapped hooked one, <laughs> one off the tee into a bush. It's not my shot, really. Um, and you need to play a provisional. Yep. Who is the player who hits the provisional? Me. Yes. Correct. That was easy. That's that so difficult. Your question, I like. Jez, yeah. look. All right. You've What's played in lots of foursomes. What's the score? <laughs> uh, the score is Mike has a half point. <laughs> no, you've no, got two and a half. Two and a half. Two and yeah. a half. So you, you, you have a random right. half point and Jez is on three. Three. And we're on our last question. So it could go either way. So it's tense. <laughs> Jezza, um, you've hit your tee shot on a par three and it's spun off. <laughs> this is quite hard. This is the most complicated one. So well, me hitting a shot with any spin on yeah, it's funny for a start. Let's say it's kick, kicked off the green yeah. and into a water hazard. You yeah. walk up to it and you decide that actually, you know what, I reckon I can play that. Mm. You hit it, it comes out, goes up the bank and then rolls back into the hazard. What are your options? And I'm going to flick to the page in the book because it's so complicated that I need to... It's so complicated. It's not, not that way. It's fairly complicated. It's unfortunate it's fallen my way, this question, isn't it, really? Um, I think you can, once it's rolled back in, you can then proceed under the normal water hazard options from there on. So you could have another go at it or take whatever drop was appropriate. So what? So what are your options then? Is it a lateral hazard or a... It's a yellow. On the side of the green? Yeah. Uh, well, I can have another go at it in the water, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, you can do that. Um, uh, where it was last played from? Oh, my, my brain can't... It's nearly lunchtime. My brain can't actually <laughs> compute anymore. Yes. You, you, got, you got that right, so... Um, you can play the ball as it lies, yeah. or under a penalty of one stroke, you can drop a ball at the spot from which uh, you just played your previous shot. So you can drop it back into the hazard where you played the Foolish. and failed. Yeah, and you now probably upset the mud and stuff, so you might yeah. not even see it. Um, you can drop a ball behind the hazard anywhere on the line the ball entered the hazard. Okay, or you can go back to the tee. So you can go back to the place from where the previous shot. Yeah, was it's an played. option. Gosh. I think was that a new option introduced fairly recently? I need to have a rule in this where people aren't allowed, oh, to, allowed ask to ask you questions. questions. <laughs> um, okay, well, all I can say is I can't recall that scenario ever happening. So. Jez, I'm going to give you a half point. For no more, because because you're hungry more than anything else. <laughs> so Mike could equalise with a full correct answer could. on the yeah. uh, right. And the reason I'm asking you this one, Mike, is because I remember very, very fondly a moment in our history when this happened. <laughs> <laughs> so you hit your approach onto the or towards the second green, and it finishes on the seventeenth green. <laughs> <laughs> I was there that day. <laughs> oh dear. What are your options? Um, I could either, because obviously, as I found to my cost in this particular scenario. 
Uh, my, my, my cost only in terms of my temper um, that I wasn't allowed to play from the other from where the ball finished I think we should just explain in your scenario the two greens were very close together yes. with just about a six foot strip of free yeah, yeah, it, wasn't it, it wasn't a double green but it wasn't yeah. far off it wasn't off quite a double yeah. green but you could have so yeah. I couldn't play I was eyeing up some sort of Mickelson-esque flop shot um from obviously, you know, Green would have replaced the divot. The greenkeeper would not have been too upset. Uh, but what I could have done is I could have gone under the penalty of one stroke. I could have gone and replayed the shot from where I n- originally played it from. You could have done, but there's yeah. no need for that. Or I could take relief, nearest point of relief, again, under the penalty of one stroke. It's <laughs> <laughs> very harsh. Do I not need to penalise no, myself? No, I think, I think no, right. no, no penalty should have been involved other than not being able to putt it from one green to the other. Yeah, um, and the particular scenario that we're talking about, Jez, why don't you describe it? Well, it, makes me <laughs> it tickle, was at Temple Golf nice. Club in, uh, is that Buckinghamshire? I can't remember what county Berkshire. it's in. Berkshire. Yeah. And uh, it was an early hole. Mike had missed to the right with his approach shot, found himself on the wrong green. Um, had the putter out, actually, ready to putt down. It was from a pretty one, s- simple putt. One yeah. green to the other. Uh, whereupon our playing companion, who was a member of the golf club, um, intervened and said, you can't do that. Mike then dropped the ball off the green and then either fatted or knifed it into a bunker, then knifed it over the green from the bunker and didn't didn't really speak much for about 15 minutes. (laughs) Yes. And then something else happened to break the ice and we were back off and running again. <laughs> That's as I recall it. Anyway. I think that was very. I do remember the definite knifing out. You know, I think knifing out of the bunker. Yeah, yeah. It was, battered it into the bunker, then knifed it out. Of the it bunker. was having to. It was having to drop it on an impossibly tight line, yeah. and basically then having to hit yeah. a flop shot over the bunker. Um, well, there, there we have it, mm. gents. The final scores are uh, Mr. Harris two and a half, Ooh. and Jez three and a half. So, do you know what I was going to do? When I was told in the lift on the way down to the studio that we were going to have a rules quiz, I was going to be, um, a, you know, sort of a stereotypical tour player. And when presented with a scenario, I was just going to ask a qualified rules official <laughs> to come in and tell me what to do. But stupidly, I thought I knew the answer. And so. very quickly, is that is that a problem? Do the pro- tour pros need to take a bit more responsibility for their knowledge of the rules? Because we all know that some of them are probably okay, but a lot of them haven't not a lot of a clue about the rules i think there's just too much at stake if if there is the option to get a definitive answer from a one of the match officials one of the tournament officials why wouldn't you take it it's a little bit annoying to see how slowly or, or how much that slows up play when you know if they're only a, it's not like the majors where you have um you know rules official with every match who are able to deal with situations in the main, promptly, somebody has to be called from the other. You know, t- t- gentleman in a uh, buggy turns up, then with the book, and you see all the play backing yeah, up behind. And the, it's an issue of um, result uh, taking responsibility off your own shoulders, isn't mm-hmm. it? That's essentially what it is. It's yeah. so that if there is a mistake, the player isn't the one to blame. Therefore, he's not going to be penalised. It'll be the referee. So, I remember speaking to Andy Sullivan, former golf monthly columnist, about it, and he said pretty much that. You know, when you've got the option for yeah absolute clarity and a definite yes or no decision why wouldn't, why you, wouldn't take you take it why wouldn't you take um, it so i think it's you know you, you either have 
the scenario where players can call upon a rules official for a definitive ruling or you don't have it. I know. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that brings us towards the end of the podcast. Um, As you can tell from the fact that the scoring in the quiz wasn't bad. I would just say that my score kind of reflects the mark I achieved in the exam, so... (laughs) 70, 66, pretty close together, percentage-wise. Fair, fair, fair enough. Um, uh, but it's a highly contentious subject. Everything that we've spoken about, everyone uh, listening to this will have situations that they could tell us about that we would all nod along to and go, yeah, we can understand how mm. that's happened because the rules of golf, as um, comprehensive as the RNA and the USGA have tried to make them, that you know, there's so much... There's so much around the rules that can go wrong in a game of golf. Mm. And so please do let us know what you think. If there's anything that you've come across that you think is unusual, that you don't think is covered in the rules, let us know um, and we'll discuss it at a later date or we'll just pick up the conversation on social media. Uh, before I sign off, chaps, any other business for anyone? This is how I'm going to no, do great. I just think it, you know, it does come down to your rules. Knowledge of the rules of golf can never be good enough. Um, no, as we so, just proved. As we uh, just proved. Yeah. So read the you know get to grips with the rules of golf there's some great videos uh, on the rna's website explaining because a lot of the time i think it's easier to get an understanding of the rules if you're actually in that scenario and i think it's um you know th- those rules um videos on the rna's website actually show you the scenario so you can relate to that a bit um you know i think with, with more reason there's more clarity okay right that's the scenario particularly when it comes to w- where you can drop what you can do when your ball's in certain positions so yeah Jessa, any other business? No, I think that's a fair point. You know, as Mike says, your rules will never be, however well you think you know them, you'll never know enough to cover every single scenario that could take place out on a golf course. Maybe John Paramore. He might do, but even then... (laughs) He he might have to refer to the the book. Yeah. 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 Um, well there you have it that's uh, all from us for now uh, I'm going to finish with my uh, weekly plug for the various different channels that we have because uh, we don't just cover the tour I think that's an important point to make Golf Monthly is a golf magazine brand a digital brand as well that is made for golfers by golfers so we don't just focus on what's going out on out on tour we also cover club related issues things like the rules and we also look in depth at things like instruction equipment travel how to get the most out of the game that you love so um if you aren't currently a subscriber to golf monthly on our various different uh, channels then follow us on facebook follow us on twitter you'll get a feel for the sort of things that we do um but in the uh, meantime uh, it's goodbye from the podcast team 